Welcome to Conversations with Pastor Russ. Stay tuned for today's encouraging and inspirational message. Here's Pastor Russ. Hey, we're live. Hey, we're live, everybody. <laughs> hey, welcome to Conversations with Russ today. We are so glad that you're with us. We've been on just a couple of week hiatus here. Um, I was on vacation. Yeah, tell them why. Tell them why. Because I was <laughs> so jealous. Because I was uh, in Maui, bro. Um, Catching waves. There you go. There <laughs> Catching you go. some waves. Hanging 10. Uh, hanging 10. Hey, Kim Goss is with us today. She is the Fountain of Life Center's Children's Ministry Director. And uh, Pastor Ruben is with us today. Hey, hey. Say hello. Hi, guys. Hey, we're glad you're with us on brand new 92.9 FM. Come on, FM. somebody. So we're... <laughs> I forgot. Me too. I forgot. Uh, so we're we're live, of course, liferadionj.com, and of course, Facebook Live. Would you do us a big favor and just on our page, on the Facebook page, if you're watching us, just hit like and then hit share so go. that we get as many people in on this as possible today. Of course, we're live at 1460 AM, but we've just launched 92.9 FM. The signal is awesome. Yeah, uh, I mean, from above Trenton to below Philadelphia. I and saved it as one of my presets on my car. Yes, so, my husband's awesome. listening in Princeton. <laughs> okay, hey. all right. Hey, Walt. How you doing, man? <laughs> hey, <laughs> so we're glad that you're with us today. Also, you can go back to at, on YouTube, our YouTube channel. You can look at any of the past programs. Uh, but today, we're really glad that you're with us, whether on the internet uh, or on our website or Facebook Live. Um, That's right. We look better on Facebook Live, right? <laughs> Okay, so I, mean, uh, I do. So pretty. I can only speak. I can only speak for myself here. We have tackled a lot of subjects. We sure have on conversations with Russ. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about abortion, homosexuality. Uh -huh. uh, we've talked about the authority of Scripture. We we've we've been the gamut, and today we're going to tackle a no less controversial issue. That's right. Tackle and that tough is. Issues. Women in ministry, women in ministry. Come on, somebody. So we've invited a woman. So hey. thank you. Preach. <laughs> we invited the woman. No pressure. Representing all women. There you go. So we really, we really, we, right. we really have tackled some, some, some issues that are hot button issues, um, and not the easy stuff. But and you know what? We we've, we've come up with it's okay to have questions and it's okay right. to wrestle with this with yeah. the serious issues, yep. and getting into the scriptures and see what they say. Um, and so today we're going to we're going to tackle this issue of women in ministry. So if you're watching, uh, you may want to text a friend and tell them to tune in because this is going to be good. If you want to email us, only email him because uh, <laughs> I don't want your hate mail. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So Pastor Ruben is is moderates this and he pitches the questions and so. Yeah. Uh, let's let's hit the ground running, bro. Yeah. So um, while we're even jumping in, um, I just my curiosity comes from um, you guys have both grown up in the church. You guys have been a part of the church for for a little while. And so, what are when it comes to women in ministry specifically? What are some common thoughts and, and concepts that you have heard throughout your life? Well, Kim, I'm going to just pitch it to you right away because I'll to you instead. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> no, no, you're a licensed. Yeah. You're a licensed minister with the Assemblies of God. That's yes. right. Um, now. But you know what? I got I got to give this to the Assemblies of God. The Assemblies of God has been credentialing women in ministry. I don't I, I don't know since its inception, maybe. Yeah, women were were very instrumental in the early movement of the Assemblies of God. 
sure. and they recognized that and were cutting edge with really with women in ministry. So, I mean, we know that there are some fellowships, denominations that are just strictly, you know, women can't be in the pulpit or can't be pastors or can't mm -hmm. be in the ministry. But I'll tell you what, the or assemblies deacons of, or, or, or anything, yeah. or anything. anything. Yep. but in the assemblies of God, uh, you're right, right at the very inception, the very beginning. In fact, women were Before. very key. Yeah. Uh, in in the launching of this great Pentecostal movement, mm -hmm. come on, that's true. And so you have you've you've been a licensed minister with the Assemblies of God for how long? Well, just licensed for about two years. Okay, so give us a little bit. But of your... really, um, saved in the Assemblies of God since I was ten years old. Right. So I've been involved with the Assemblies for a while. Okay, a while. so talk a little <laughs> bit about your journey then, and with because I know that your husband pastor, mm -hmm. you were right alongside mm -hmm. of him in ministry. So go ahead and, and talk to us about that. I did face, you know, the you know, being Pentecostal and uh, traditional Pentecostal, I did hear the women should be silent, you know, don't usurp the authority of a man. So you hear all of those things, but I've been called since I was 13 years old. I knew I had a call to ministry. So I always was confident in what God had told me to do. And my goal uh, has always been just to fulfill that call and let the call and let the ministry make way for itself. Mm -hmm. Your gift will make room for you, right? Absolutely. Now, you just had mentioned about, you know, you've heard, you know, how women oh, should yeah. be silent. Now, yeah. there are uh, scriptures that say that, you know, women should keep quiet in the church. Right. Um, however, remember, remember, you. we cannot take any one scripture. Correct. And build a doctrine on it <laughs> context right. is king everybody yeah, right. we always have to keep the text in context i mean you could you could pull scriptures from old testament new testament and prove anything you want to prove correct right? so we have to be very careful that we we rightly divide the word of truth that and taking correct. where it says you know women be silent in the church if we just take one scripture out of context without knowing the historical setting right mm -hmm. uh we, Ephesus had major problems in the church and they were dealing with those issues of right the, and those problems and when we when we just just to stay with the taking a text scripture out of context uh, we can do a lot of damage with that right. yeah. and so we have to remember to rightly divide the word of truth and let's put it all and let's put it all together and I think there's a there's a concept that when you go through any basic um how to study how to study the bible class that they talked about if you ever face a scripture that's really difficult for you to understand what you have to do is go back to scriptures that are clear and are kind of set doctrines and make sure that you're operating out of the clarity before you try right. to dissect the the mud or whatever that right. out of you know that that non-clear scripture actually yeah, that's a good begins point. to do yeah take yeah. the whole gospel the whole truth yeah remember some things that are, are that are proven that mm -hmm. are clear that are easy to understand um, and bring those with you when you come and tackle these things that kind of seem controversial or confusing mm -hmm. okay good. All right. I can't do the rhyme thing, but I got the whole alliteration. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Confusing. Yeah, yeah. He, he, Ruben doesn't rhyme as good as I do. No. <laughs> Nobody. I'm on the spot. Nobody. I, just, I don't know how you do it. Rhymes man. as good as he does. He's prettier than me, but he can't. So, anyway. God has blessed us all in different ways. Is all I'm saying. Got that alliteration going. Pastor's okay. So, 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 on topic. Back on topic. So <laughs> talk to us about talk to us about what part what areas of ministry you've been involved in. Kim. Yeah. I've done done 
35, 40 years, I've done a lot of ministry, um, teaching, preaching. Currently, I am leading the children's ministry, which is my heart and passion. Um, so you preach every week? Every week. All right. You're preaching to a couple hundred kids. Yep. A yep. couple hundred children, um, leading them to serve God faithfully. And that's what fully devoted followers of Jesus, there you go. even as children. So your husband, Walt, was pastoring, uh, where did, where in Trenton. did he pastor yep. and, and what, what did you do alongside of him? Yep. Um, I actually have been married to two Assembly of God pastors. My first husband was killed in an accident, but we were uh, lead pastors in oh, churches right. in Canada and in Rhode I Island and in New Jersey. Everybody was, was it Pensacola in New Jersey? in New Jersey. And my kids were, uh, uh, we were lead pastors there, um, had opportunity to do multi all kinds of ministry that was, was open to me. My husband, both husbands are very, very supportive of the calling that God has placed on my life. Mom. And um, That's great. I'm grateful for that, uh, really, honestly. It's a huge um, uh, testimony to their confidence in, in God to have a woman that's strong in ministry. Right. It really is. It really is. Because all throughout the scripture, God used women. Sure. Okay. So, so grabbing one scripture and saying, oh, women should be quiet. We're, we're going to get to that because Pastor Ruben has, has, has uh, delved into that mm -hmm. some and can give us a little context, a little bit right. more context there. But Old and New Testament. Old yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Women in authority, women right. prophesying, mm -hmm. uh, which is bringing the, Word of God, preaching the Word of God, bringing the testimony of mm -hmm. Jesus. Sure. So you and your husband pastored. I didn't know this that, that you pastored in Canada. Yep, yeah. my husband, first husband was Canadian. And international, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> international preacher. Wow. Right. And then in you said Rhode Island. Rhode Island, Warwick, Rhode Island was our first pastorate. Okay, Rhode and then Island. that's why then, she pronounces certain then Toronto, words really weird. Yes, <laughs> I'm actually from Massachusetts. You might hear it once in a while. <laughs> and then Pensacola. And then Pensacola. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so when. So then, again, while you were alongside, mm -hmm. you helped lead. You act, you Great. took the pulpit as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Come on. Okay. Shared the pulpit with me. Okay. Which was awesome. And so I love preaching his word. You know. Yeah. Just teaching and preaching his. How word. How can we muzzle anyone with a fire in their bones? Right. Somebody. Um. So yeah, don't throw stones at someone with a fire in their bones. <laughs> There it is. But 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 seriously, seriously, um, your husband was in a tragic accident. Yes. And he passed. Mm -hmm. um, On the way to Life Center Academy to pick up our children. Wow. Crazy. So, you know, I, you've really been on some journey. It's been a journey. But then again, God's call and giftings make way for themselves. It didn't, it wasn't relying on a husband. Because yes. I am in full-time ministry, and my husband is in a secular job at this point. So the, the call makes it way for itself. Hmm. So you married Walt, and yep. then you pastored in Trenton. Trenton. Okay. He pastored with Wayne Holmes right. in Trenton at New Life Christian Center, I think it was called. And uh, we, he pastored there 14 years in Trenton. And then came when we got married, he really felt that because I had children that had already tragically lost a parent, that we needed to stay here at Fountain, that this is where they were grounded, okay. they were rooted. Okay. So he came back, resigned the church, they came here so that we could continue to heal, that my children could continue to heal. Mm. But in a few years later, four years later, a church opened up again in Trenton, and he went back and pastored there 10, 10 years. Wow. Yep. wow. The Hungarian Reformed Church. So all along this journey, uh, as 
you, you've, been, you've been alongside men of God who, mm -hmm. were, who were pastoring. Yep. Um, you you operated in your gifts. Mm -hmm. You operated I in did. your calling, and you were a leader in the church. Correct. Not just and you know what, and not just leading children. Sometimes, no. uh, well, okay, women, you can just lead children. No, no, but you actually were in the pulpit preaching mm -hmm. the gospel. That's right. Okay, and now um, you lead a team of volunteers here, right? And two hundred plus children. Correct. On a, on any given week, so 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 God has used you in ministry. Right. Um, that's your testimony. But let let's jump into the scripture now, if mm -hmm. we can, a little bit, and um, see how God has used women. For sure. or, do we want to go there or do you want to talk, do you want to bring, do you want to go over to the text that you were talking about where it says women should keep silent in the church? Um, let's do that. Let's jump into that text. Let's go there. Let's go there and talk about the context of women should keep silent in the church. Right. And if she has a question, she should ask her husband at home. Right. Uh, should not have any authority over men. You practically had that memorized. I don't even have to read that. <laughs> <laughs> we've, been, we've been looking at it. Yeah, yeah. So, right. so, but, but let's look at that because that's the elephant in the room. Right. Right. And, and we need to look at that scripture. And, and I know that Pastor Ruben has has delved into the context of that. I would like him to explain that a little bit. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll contrast that with how God has used women throughout all of scripture. Exactly. Right. Okay. Let's do it. So go ahead. Jump yeah. In. Um, so a lot of just my thoughts with all of this have a lot to do with just the idea of we so frequently are interested in building, building taller fences instead of longer tables. And I don't find that to be ever present in scripture. Um, I think that Jesus is always going after the marginalized. I think that he's always trying to encourage the marginalized. And I think Paul has very similar thought process, uh, a very similar thought process when it comes to all of these things, right? Um, so the actual verse that we're going to jump into is found in 1 Corinthians 14. Um, we'll, we'll read verses 34 and 35. Go ahead. Um, what's really important for us to understand, again, like what we were talking about on the front end, is the full context of this actually begins all the way back in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, okay. I'm, not, I'm not about to read three chapters here, so okay. everyone hold your horses, horses right. there. But your um, mother just said hi to you on Facebook. Hi, Mom. Hi. Carry on. Hey, Mom. So kind. Um, um, so we have to remember going back that this is one giant letter that Paul is writing to, to the church in Corinth, right? Okay. In chapter 12, he covers two main topics. He talks about spiritual gifts and he talks about how we're all one body with many parts. When he talks about the spiritual gifts, he says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of all of them. There are different kinds of services, but we all serve the same Lord. God works in the di in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us. Right. Male all and female. Exactly. Okay. Um, Talk on. Then he goes and he talks about the different parts of the human body, and he talks about an eye can't say to the foot that I don't need you, right? So we have that whole right. concept yeah. there. Yeah. Then we come down to this verse uh, that we're going to read, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 34 through 35, and it says, Women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. So when we look at that verse and we look at that verse solely, it becomes very easy for us to look at that and say, well, it's kind of done there, right? It, yeah, it almost, yeah. see, it's plain, it's simple. There's, there's nothing more that we can go to. Step out of the pulpit. Exactly. Right. And, it, and it's just done, right? But I think that if we kind of remember back to the fact that 
Jesus is constantly saying things like, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, right? The marginalized, he's saying, blessed are the meek, the ones that these are types of people that you wouldn't consider blessed, quote mm. unquote there. Um, and then Paul even says things like to the bond service, he says, you need to serve your masters with sincere hearts. And then he says to the masters, you must repeat that same attitude back to your servants. True. Right. Oh, there's this, yeah. there's this shift in power that the two of them are constantly talking about. And so we have to look back at this and say, is this something that Paul's actually talking about a power structure? And he's talking about some sort of hierarchical Hier thing, yeah. or is this a different kind of conversation that Paul's trying to bring up? Okay. So when we look at this and we understand the context a little bit better about what was happening in the church in Corinth, what we begin to kind of dissect and understand a little bit more is that the, the, the uh, Jewish people who were in that church had a decent idea of the basics of scripture and the foundation of the Hebrew scriptures. So right. they understood very well who Abraham was. They understood very well who, who Moses was and who David was and, and had a good idea of who these prophets were. Right. Right. So then we come to these scriptures like this. This is a woman should be silent. And we think, wait a second, there might ought to be something there. Right. If we remember the context of what's happening and we remember right. that right. Paul is talking about how we all have these spiritual gifts. This seems like these are contradicting each other until you recognize that the women in that time did not have the same educational system that the men had at that time. And so the very things that they're beginning to talk about, what Paul's talking about here, right, is him being able to say, hey, when you guys gather together in your house churches, when you guys are all together and there's somebody who's teaching or somebody who's sharing, what we need to do in order to create some sort of just um, organized, um, uh, uh, authentic and clear conversation that's happening, what we need to, to be able to do is just for people who do not understand certain things to hold their questions until later on where they can now ask them in a more appropriate setting, being at home where they can talk to their husband and say, hey, I didn't get it when preacher man over there said this thing. Can you explain to me who's Bathsheba? Where did that even come from, right? And they can be able to understand context a little bit better. Okay, so right. so what Paul is doing here then? Let's great explanation, bro. Right. Thank you. Right. Well, so he can't say in, he can't say in First Corinthians uh, twelve about all these gifts, and they say, okay, now you can't use them. Right. Um, right. So this is not some blanket theology. Exactly. For all women to keep quiet, he is addressing the Corinthian church mm -hmm. and a problem. Then, if we're understanding this correct, right, a problem that was in the Corinthian church. So it was a certain situation he was addressing. Right. Now, if you go, well, no, that that's for everybody. Well, hang on, hang on. He addressed other problems at the Corinthian church. Right, they were coming to the Lord's supper, getting drunk, yeah. right, having too yeah. much wine at the Lord's supper. Um, other young men marrying their father's wife. Mm -hmm. uh, he addressed sexual immorality. Sure. Paul addressed certain situations in the Corinthian church. So then mm -hmm. I think what you're saying here is he was addressing a certain situation, not right. giving us blanket theology. Exactly. He's not trying to paint a new law for all of us to follow by going through these things. He's trying to say, hey, this is something that, is happening in your church allow me to speak about it right because again we have to remember these are letters there's correspondence going back and forth from the elders of the leaders of the church in corinth back to paul and vice right. versa right. so they're saying hey paul 
that there's crazy things happening. We need you to speak into these. Can you, can you give us some thoughts about all of these things um, mm. and be able to share your, your different thoughts about all of this? Okay. So then because the educational uh, level was different exactly, and men were more educated. Right. Then. Women weren't taught the Torah. They weren't taken to oh, not at all. Exactly. Religious school. You know, they weren't, had the ability to do that. They just weren't culturally at that time. So then, so then when they, they, when they gathered in people's homes, because there were no church edifices for the first 300 years right. of the church. So they right. were gathering in each other's homes and probably somewhat large gatherings. So when women had a question, apparently they were disrupting the meeting. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. About it. Disrupting yeah. the meeting. And so he's saying, let's not, because you know what, when we start disrupting the ministry of the word, it quenches the Holy Spirit. Right. The flow. Okay. So, God wants uh, to do. so when people are just bouncing up and, Hey, what about this? And what about this? What about this? Um, it was disrupting the spirit filled spirit led meeting. So right. he's saying that right. ask your husbands at home. Right. So as he addresses, as he addresses the women in ministry, I think it's very safe to say that the context of this was an, an issue with the Corinthian church. Correct. Okay. Is this something that was a specific kind of thing that he was trying to talk about um, in proper context? We can understand that this is now not a staple idea that we have to live by from here on out. Right. Um, but it was a, a thing that he was trying to address so that it, it is orderly, right? It, it would be orderly for us to do this. Now, if somebody on a Sunday morning, man or woman, while you were in the middle of preaching, just started raising their hand and asking questions, that would still be inappropriate. Right. Absolutely. It just yeah. happens yeah. to yeah. be in this situation that Paul's addressing, it was these women in the church that that was happening too. And obviously because of the educational level, they were exactly. not taught the Torah, as you said. Right. And so they were popping up all over the place. <laughs> um, if it happened even, even here. It would, you would do it, the same thing, yeah, man it, or woman. Right? Yes, yeah. Just, just, just wait. We'll do this later. Right, right, so, right. But exactly. we're different, living in a whole different culture. So women are just as educated as men are. Right. So uh, right. I wouldn't see that being solely a woman problem. But because of the educational difference, that was part of what created the issue in the church. Exactly. Okay. Any more you want to say on that before we talk about how God used different women in the Bible? Kim, would you like any to add to any of that? No, I think you said it all. I do, I do think that it was for that specific moment, that specific time because of the issues in the church. Okay. Cool. So let's talk about... Um, Many examples. How, if, 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 we, if we take this scripture about, you know, women be quiet, silent the church, go home and ask your husband. If we take this as women cannot do ministry, we better get the scissors out <laughs> and cut a lot of scriptures out of the Bible where God used women and powerfully and powerfully Correct. in authoritative ways and prophesying. Um, it, the Bible would become one big contradiction. Mm -hmm. If this was not situational and God is saying, women be quiet, you can't speak, you know, just go home and ask Papa when you get there. Right. We got to cut a lot of scripture out. So Kim, right. let me pitch it to you and talk to us about how God used 
uh, different women. Mm -hmm. Take us from the Old Testament and right. walk us through. Yep. Well, I, you know, the first woman I always think of is Miriam because Miriam was alongside her brothers. They, she was a prophet in Exodus right. alongside her brothers. Miriam was a powerful woman used by God. You think of Deborah. I think of the Deborah the judge, prophet and judge over Israel. Wow. She was a judge. Mm -hmm. Who had, and so if you have a judge, if, if it's a judge, that means you have authority. Right. She directed. In, over men and women. Yeah. In Israel, that was the highest authority you can have mm -hmm. in that position at that time at that mm -hmm. time right but because that all the judges were before king david before king saul right so the highest um type of like military position <laughs> that you could have was this judge and here we read in judges that mm -hmm. it's held by a woman named deborah right okay and she, so going back to miriam a prophetess prophetess mm -hmm. yep with alongside her brothers moses and aaron so keep going so Miriam, Deborah, Huldah, also a prophet, she authenticated the actual law found in the temple when they had lost the law. She, they found it. She was one of the women, one of the peoples who authenticated the law with Josiah. Huh. We don't even talk about her very much. Right. But that's I didn't amazing. even know that. <laughs> yes. It was a woman. She was one of the women to, who authenticated the law at the time. Spark, cool. Sparked a major religious uh, revival yeah. at the time. With Josiah. Yeah, because then after that, Josiah started saying almost, wait a second, there's wait, all these yeah. things that we're not doing. Let's do these things in order to honor God again. Right. We're gonna do we're gonna break down the high places. We're gonna come yeah, yeah, back yeah. to God as an as the nation of Israel. That's mm -hmm. pretty cool. That's cool. And then Keep we, going. Talk, we talk about in, in in the New Testament, there's multiple. We have Tabitha, mm -hmm. she you know, Dorcas. We have Philip's unmarried daughters. He had four unmarried da married daughters who were recognized as prophets in Acts. Nice. So cool. I, I mean, you, Euodia and Syntyche with Paul, he singled out that those two women as being fellow laborers that worked alongside him. For sure. I, I mean, we, we talk about um, Go back to Phoebe. Philip's daughters again. Yeah. He had four. We don't know. They don't name them. That's right. I they recall. don't name them in Acts 21, 8 and 9. They mentioned them as being prophets, recognized as prophets mm. for unmarried women who were serving God faithfully. Now, so now we're into the New Testament. Yeah. Right. So if they're prophetesses, yes. then they're speaking to the body of Christ. Right. They are. And can I bring up this example? We, um, Priscilla and Aquila. Yep. Right. Oh. Um, something that's really important to kind of recognize is that whenever there's a couple that's named it is very typical for the man's name to be named first but in this situation in uh luke when he talks <laughs> yeah. about um, priscilla and aquila he names priscilla first who is the woman in that relationship right they were found to help and teach paul um a better way help with apollos to right. teach him a better right. way right. Yep. um and what's really important to kind of recognize there is that it is believed that the reason why luke included uh, Priscilla first is because she was the main teacher right. of Paul to these things. I'm going to give you a little, little something here. Hit me. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. She, I think she was probably the dominant personality. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I just want you to think, th think about this and this is not Bible. <laughs> this, is just, <laughs> this is Russology right here. Um, whenever you refer to a husband and wife, have you ever noticed that, that some is the man first and some is the woman first. Okay. And if, if you think of some people who you say, hey, um, so-and-so and so-and-so are coming over later, 
usually the person with a more dominant personality is who you mention first. Hmm. Think about That's it. It's interesting. Sometimes it's the man, Russ in the land. Or sometimes it's Meredith and Ruben. <laughs> uh, I always thought it just flowed better. I think Meredith and Ruben just sounds better. <laughs> but but it, it's just it's just a perception and a thought. But I've noticed why why are some couples mentioned husband first and then wife, and why some wife and then husband? Yeah. Usually, the person you mentioned first has the more dominant personality. Right. And if that rust, it, it's interesting if that rustology is correct. Then when we go to Priscilla <laughs> and yeah. Aquila. Paul mentions her first. first. She was the dominant teacher. Yeah. Who else, Kim? She, re, you know, he refers to her as a fellow worker in Christ Jesus. Hmm. Fellow is like alongside, even Absolutely. equal. Absolutely. Equal. I find that amazing. Phoebe. Phoebe was an amazing woman in the New Testament. She was a leader in the church, and it actually was she was commended to, by Paul and. She's actually referred to as a diakonos, which is the word for servant. Yes. Phoebe is, that's the word. Yeah. Yes, it is. That is the word that he uses for Phoebe, hmm. diakonos in the church, which I just, that's a fellow minister, a leader in the congregation. That's awesome. Phoebe. Can I ask um, one question to, you know, we only have a one minute left here. Uh, and before uh, we officially wrap up, can I ask one question real quick? Before you ask that question, uh -oh. also in Acts, in Peter's great sermon, he said, I will pour out my spirit in the last days. Yeah. He said, both men and women will mm, prophesy. prophesy. That's good. Yes. That's good. Um, so let's not put your scissors away. Your scissors <laughs> we, we, can't, we cannot take that one verse about women being silent and build a theology around that. Right. The context, it was a situation in the church throughout all of history, God has used men and women. Yeah. Go ahead. Awesome. Um, Ask me a question. This is my question for you guys. Um, 50 years from now, when it is, what, 2069, um, do you think that we as the church will be looking at this issue in the same way? Yes. I know you think the answer is no, but I think there will always be people. I don't think as much. I don't think as much. Okay. But I think there will always be people no matter what the doctrine is, are going to grab a scripture that appeals to them. It's human nature. Because my my immediate answer was going to be, no, no, we're, we're, we're progressing. But there will always, and I think we'll be better off in 50 yeah. years. But I think there will always be people that, that cherry pick scriptures um, and build doctrines on them. And they'll 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 do it out of out of order, but they'll do it to appease themselves. Yeah, I think we won't deal with it as much, but I think we always will, because as long as until Jesus comes, people are going to cherry pick scriptures that they think suits them. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And I think also too, there always has to be people who exalt themselves and have to feel their power by putting other people down. Okay, it's four thirty-one. My answer was also yes, by the way. So <laughs> yeah. 50, yeah, years, okay, from now, all right, all right, 50 right. years from now, I still think that yes to what you said, yes to what you said. And in addition to that, I think we will still be dealing with it because if, um, you know, talking about controversy, controversy, uh, if, you're gonna go there. if we're still dealing with the level of racism that we are today, even with how progressive and how much that we have grown as a society, um, if we're still dealing with that and to the capacity that we are today, this issue that has been an issue for a very long time oh, absolutely. Um, has kind
kind of had new light with the whole Me Too, Church Too movement and everything like that, I think that we absolutely still will be dealing with it um, to some capacity. I agree that it would be, we would, we would advance in it. And I think that there's hope there. And I think that we're going to get to a place where we are um, significantly better about how we handle this whole thing. Um, but we will still be having conversations very similar to this. Yep. We will. Hey, thanks so much. Hey, thank you, Kim, for oh, Reverend Kim awesome. Doss. Uh, thank, thank you, you so for much. being here today. Yeah, big hand <laughs> thank clap. Thank you, guys. You've really <laughs> added a lot to the show today. And, and thank you, Ruben, for being here. Yeah. So glad that you've joined us for conversations with Russ. And uh, even, even if some of your friends have missed this, uh, tell them to go to liferadionj.com and they can just play the we're, we're reruns, right? We have reruns. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can go yeah, on our yeah. Facebook page yes. and be able to look at our podcast. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Yep. So, but thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, we want to let you know if you don't have a home church and you're somewhere within an hour drive of the Fountain of Life, 23rd of 2035 Columbus Road in Burlington, we would love to have you come and join us. You got kids, phenomenal awesome children's kids ministry. Program. And uh, a Fountain of Life is really a place where you can belong and a place you can call home. See you next Thursday on Conversations with Russ. See you, everybody. Bye, everybody. As we do in Hawaii. We hope you enjoyed Conversations <laughs> with Pastor Russ. Senior Pastor of the Fountain of Life in Burlington, New Jersey. Pastor Russ would love to meet you this Sunday at either our 9 or 11 a.m. services. For directions or more information, please feel free to contact us by calling 609-499-2131 or visit our website at flcnj.org. Thanks for listening to today's message on Life Radio WIFI, your inspiration station.